0: If it doesn't get to the market on time, your rock's up late or gets put on the floor the next day, their prices are affected. And that means so much to the fishermen just to be viable, just to have a viable business. This is Fishtails, a seafood podcast. I'm John Sussman. The
1: transportation of fresh seafood is as challenging as the process of catching and growing seafood itself. With more than a third of the final cost of seafood products made up of transport, the importance of maximising efficiency in the logistics of moving seafood from water to plate is an ever-growing imperative. A working concept of sustainability is also reliant on freight maximisation delivering seafood at the lowest cost to the environment is a much overlooked yet critical part of the sustainability cycle. Transport also has a huge role in minimising financial losses due to spoilage or contamination of fresh seafood. A good freight system also minimises financial losses by maximising the shelf life of seafood. Science claims that every hour of fresh seafood is exposed to temperatures over four degrees Celsius. Its shelf life is reduced by day. The business of moving seafood is as fickle as the business of catching and growing seafood. Operators are as much at the mercy of Mother Nature as fishermen themselves. Volumes can fluctuate dramatically and operationally transport companies need to be fluid and flexible, responding to ever-changing conditions, supply and market demands. A deep knowledge of seafood handling needs to be combined with historical seasonal catching, harvesting and demand data. Combining close relationships with catchers, processors, and buyers to identify their needs is what is required to become a good operator in the seafood freight business. Ricky Mezik owns and operates SA Seafood Express, one of Australia's most successful and dynamic specialist seafood distribution businesses. His intergenerational history in catching, processing, and retailing seafood gives him a unique understanding for seafood, which underpins the success of his transport business.
0: Uh, So my name is Ricky Mezik, Uh, I own the business with my brother uh, SA Seafood Express and Jojo's Fish. We're located in Adelaide, uh, Torrensville, that's where our depot is. You know our family started or came from the islands of Croatia. Dad, Dad, my grandfather and great-grandfather was a fisherman. then my grandfather was a merchant seaman and came over to Australia. Uh, he chose between Australia and America and settled here in, uh, settled here in Adelaide. So uh, dad become a sheep metal worker to start with and then uh, joined my uncle in Port Lincoln, uh, tuna fishing, lobster, prawn, salmon, Uh, pretty much whatever they could make a life out of. That was like in the late 60s. I think it was about 68, 69. So that was in the real infancy of a lot of fisheries in South Australia. I vividly remember as a five-year-old holding dad's knee and we were uh, punching through the swirl in Venus Bay. That's in the west coast of South Australia. So I really remember that. That's stuck in my head all these years Transforming passion into opportunity is a regular theme of successful
1: people across the seafood industry. Ricky Mesick's passion for seafood reflects this in his
0: transport business. That's right, I wasn't much of a scholar, John. <laughs> All I wanted to do is be like Dad and go fishing. So I, I left school at 14, which is pretty early, and uh, got an a apprenticeship at uh, Adelaide Ship Construction. So I did that. Uh, for you know, four years and a job came up on the family boat, which I jumped at. It was sort of minimum wage and uh, started off as a deckie uh, under you know some pretty hard skippers and expert skippers and sort of worked my way through the ranks. Uh, got my engineers ticket, marine engine drivers ticket and then uh, became the skipper I think in the early 90s when I started it was like in 1983, and back then we were doing probably 130 nights a year. Where compared to today, they do about 50 nights a year. So the you know through the through the years, the Spencer Gulf fishery, uh, prawn fishery, is managed uh, and efficient catching to get it into 50 nights. So yeah, they were they were. The prawn fishery was in its infancy back in the 80s, and it developed into a a strong fishery today. It was exciting. Uh, You know, I really enjoyed uh, the catch, and uh, you know, you worked the elements, and it was hard. Uh, Just chocolates and and chocolates and coffee would keep you up. So it was hard in them days, but. you know, you just push on, push on for the family and you, you work through all the hardships and made some good, made some good uh, friends throughout the industry, which is still there today.
1: Fish and seafood retail is a far more intricate business than pretty much every other part of the food chain. Most chicken and meat retailers have one core product, while a seafood retailer often has over 100 varieties to meet the consumer demands. Managing the dynamics of seafood in retail provided Ricky valuable experience
0: in how the seafood supply chain works. We actually uh, got into retail in the 91, uh, uh, just, just as I got married and uh, did, tried, our, tried ourselves in seafood retail. And it was a fish and chip shop in Adelaide and we bought it off a well-known Adelaide fishmonger I did it for a couple of years, I just couldn't wait to go back fishing, you know, and I think uh, then actually the skipper left, uh, the skipper that dad had left and there was an opening to be a skipper, I just remember it was so nerve wracking starting that first trip and coming home from that trip, I remember the old man said, if you can't, catch I'll get someone else to catch so he, he, he put the word on me straight away and the next trip I was the top boat top catcher uh, you know continued fishing for some 28 years there in the prawn boat family business can often be
1: the victim of emotional rather than strategic decision making rookie and his brother Anthony's decision to expand into seafood freight although driven by necessity, proved to be a valuable lifeline not only for themselves, but for many small South Australian fishing communities, providing a direct link to the markets in Adelaide, Melbourne and Sydney,
0: connecting fishermen with buyers across the country. 2015, my dad passed away and uh, we bought the Stevron Transport, an existing refrigerator transport business that was set up by a couple of uh, local fishermen uh, with a necessity to send fresh fish over to Melbourne and Sydney. That's how it all started for them. So we uh, bought that, and the first thing we do was rebranded the the business into SA Seafood Express. You know, specifically t- to uh, promote South Australian seafood. So we we did that and uh, sort of continued on. Uh, 2018 the family decided to uh, get out of the prawn business which my brother and I were really devastated over that decision but you know life goes on and we were very lucky to come across the uh, you know the transport business and part of that transport business is uh a wholesale arm, which is Jojo's Fish, which is very well-known in Sydney market and Melbourne markets. So we continued uh, with the few select fishermen that supply us and they're still with us today. So we do a a twice-a-week run from Port Lincoln to Adelaide. So that'd be on a Tuesday and a Saturday. We do a separate run uh, to Spencer Gulf region, York Peninsula, Again, twice a week, uh, twice a week from Adelaide to Melbourne, and twice a week from Adelaide to Sydney fish market. So it it all comes here on a uh, to our depot on a Tuesday, and from various uh, locations, various f- species, and then we cross dock everything sort, sort into Sydney, Melbourne, Adelaide, and deliver you know to the markets. It's really important for the smaller fishermen where, you know, to use other – there are other transport providers, but uh, if they have, uh, say, five uh, tubs of uh, snapper or King George Whiting or something, they can't put it on another transport provider where they'll be charged a pallet rate. So just it's just not viable on other transport companies. The bigger – the bigger uh, fishermen or the fishing companies, it's okay for them, but the, the smaller guys, they really rely on, rely on us. We're the only dedicated South Australian transport company. Trust is of paramount importance across the seafood supply chain. Having trust determines
1: the market's acceptance that everything is as it should be in a product's journey all the way from water to plate transparency of provenance and history combined with truth in labelling and seafood supply not only underpins, but is the core of the concept of trust in the seafood supply chain.
0: boys uh, they have to trust you. Uh, it's all in the trust and if they feel good about working with you, they'll work with you. So, uh, you know, I left actually prawning back in 2010 and joined the Prawn Cooperative, South Australian Prawn Cooperative, where I set up a stall at Adelaide uh, Fish Market, uh, the Safco auction floor. And I was selling there on a morning basis, you know, the King Prawns. And the the buyer, you got to know the buyers. They They can see who you are. I got a habit of smiling all the time, so they like that. And uh, you know, they they got to trust you. It's like uh, you go buy a car, and if you like the salesman, you buy it, buy it off him. So that was a real important part for the for the South Australian cooperative. It's not there. Uh, some I left in 2015. The cooperative. That's when we bought this business, and. Uh, in hindsight, I'm glad, glad I moved away from it because uh, the, the prawn co-op ended up in some uh, situation there and it folded up. I visit the Adelaide market every day still, you know, five days a week. I'm there. Uh, uh, we do a delivery to the, uh, to the market. Uh, like I said before, some fish would go to Melbourne, some would go to Sydney and some would go to Adelaide. So we we, we actually uh, we uh, do some sorting for Raptors and Sons. They're uh, trawl vessels in the Great Australian Bight. Well, we unload them in Port Lincoln uh, on a Friday that comes here on a Saturday morning, early 3 a.m. So we've got roughly about 10 guys sorting out uh, the fish into different Adelaide orders. And we deliver that to the fish markets, uh, the fish market on a Monday, first thing in the morning, and then uh, some gets sent to Sydney and some gets sent to Melbourne and some to Brisbane too, the Raptors and Sons in Brisbane. The rapidly changing landscape
1: in commercial fisheries around the country is having a significant impact across the supply chain in seafood. As total allowable catches are reduced, a reducing and ageing group of fishers and an increase in aquaculture production, the role and responsibility
0: of the Seafood Freight Company is also changing. In the last 12 months here, especially in South Australia, they've had a, a, a restructure in the marine scale industry, which is a multi-species fishery. And uh, they, they brought, introduced, the government uh, brought in quotas for key species like garfish, King George, uh, snapper, and uh, yeah, those are the main ones. And calamari, that was the biggest one. So you know, that, that's at the time they were saying uh, fishermen will target uh, the the non-key species, but that actually hasn't happened. The fishermen are targeting the quota fisheries where the money is for them, and that's understandable. But the rest of the species have sort of dropped dropped off in supply. So we're not seeing that. Uh, We notice it on our trucks, you know, what's going to Melbourne and Sydney. It's a lot less than when we started here. So what we're not seeing is the young people in the industry. Really, it's sort of with the quotas being introduced, it's hard for the young people to buy into that quota where it's so expensive. So, uh, and even the fishmonger side, there's no new blood coming in it's a bit of a yeah, it's a bit disappointing i think uh, you know a lot of aquaculture that's really starting to take off these days uh uh it's just the continuous supply into the market the wild catches uh, the the wild catch fisheries are still there but uh, you know the supply sort of dr- dwindled away for you know f- for reasons of uh you know, marine parks, restrictions and, uh, you know, there are some negative impacts there where uh, quotas don't tell the story of what's uh, the actual conditions of the year, you know, the the elements, the water temperature, you know, that's like real-time stuff, you know, and the quotas sort of, you know, the management looks at it the next year, and oh, you've caught so much. Uh, we can give you some more quota that next year. But well, the conditions may change that next year. So it's it's a real hard one, you know, sustainability. But the fishermen know, you know, they don't they don't want to muck it up for themselves. They want to keep continuing fishing. Fishing is infectious. The golden
1: handcuffs of passion can sometimes tie fishermen to a life on the sea, taking charge of their lives, livelihood and families. To move from sea to land and maintain a passion for seafood is rare.
0: I I miss it when I was doing good, when I wasn't catching as good as the worst place in the world to be. (laughs) I wouldn't go back to it. I I enjoy what I do now. Uh, You know, it's a big transition from the... From the sea to the land, but you know, I always knew I wasn't going to be a fisherman all my life. Uh, I, I really enjoy what I'm doing now, and I still got passion for for the seafood. It doesn't matter what it is, you know, it's prawns, it's oysters, it's uh, snapper, it's uh, you know, all the species. I just I just love it. I still love it. You know, my wife always says to me, "Why don't you get a hobby?" All I say, my hobby is fish. That's my hobby. You know, that's what gets me up in the morning. I know I got fish in the chiller. I know I got to get it to that custom. I know I got to get to the markets. You know, we've been here now, uh, the transport business, for seven years, and we haven't missed a market, a Sydney market or Melbourne market uh, yet. So that's, uh, you know. Uh, that's a feat in itself. Uh, other, you know, what we notice in this, like, especially since the, since the virus, COVID and all that, uh, other transport companies just can't get there on time, uh, to the markets. The markets work to their times with their customers, but other transport companies have to, they, they, they send their fish to, say, Melbourne and then it goes to their depot and they've got to unload and reload and then it goes to the market where our truck leaves our depot, goes straight to the fish market with the first one on the dock. And that happens in Melbourne and Sydney and Adelaide. So, like I said, we're a dedicated seafood transport provider. With fishermen now only two mouse clicks away from cook's, The catalyst to change in
1: the seafood supply chain is transport. With increasing costs and a need to operate sustainably, driving efficiency is much a part of the job as driving trucks in operating a successful freight business into the future.
0: We're working closely with Sydney Fish Market. Recently we've signed up an agreement for their new online sales platform, Seafood Sydney Seafood Blue I think it is, SFM Blue yes that's right, so we're going to be the sole uh, South Australian distributor here Uh, and that's really exciting, that's the way the world's going online so we're pretty uh, excited about that we'll bring a few more customers to our premises and uh, hopefully work good for the fishermen where they'll get a, a return and not create gluts in the market, uh, individual sort of uh, states and the markets. I'm still excited. Uh, uh, we, we're just, uh, you know, it, it's a tough business out there now, like the transport, the the costs are huge now with the fuel and that, it's killing us. But we're going to, we're pushing through. Uh, you know, there's a couple of, We've had a few tough years. It's been firstly with the POMS virus with the oysters. You know that hit us hard with our oyster uh, freight, and we never really got that back. And then there was the snapper fishery was closed in South Australia. You know that's all good weight fish for us, and that, that's supposed to supposedly going to be open in uh, 2023 in January. But yeah, we're hoping that will come, and it, it won't be a you uh, surely help, and this uh, excise on the fuel and uh, that's been the hardest one for us, you know so yeah, we will keep on going, and uh, hopefully times get better.
1: The quality, value, and safety of seafood is determined by the efficiency of the freight used to get it to market. Of recent times, there is also growing importance of the freight system used in regards to the sustainability of seafood. Whether it's a small artisanal fisherman or a corporate aquaculture business, freight has an impact more than ever before on the commercial operations in seafood. The unique nuances of moving seafood around is a specialised business which demands an intimate knowledge, understanding and passion for seafood. Ricky Mesick is a unique, special and vital operator in the seafood industry. This is Fishtails, a seafood podcast, a Deep in the Weeds production. I'm John Sussman. Follow us on Instagram at Seafood Podcast, or email us at fishtailspodcast at deepintheweeds.com.au. Stay tuned for more tales from beneath the surface of the seafood world every Friday on your podcast app.